All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of AT Talks. I know it's been a while. The last time we had Latinx ATs on, and that was a phenomenal talk. Uh, today we're going to talk, you know, LGBTQ plus, and we got two awesome guests. We we're supposed to have a third, um, so I don't know if they're coming late or if they're not coming, but if they do, she'll be here shortly. But if you could please take a couple minutes, or even just a minute, just introduce yourself, what you're doing, where you're at, or your education background, whatever you want to say is fine. But the floor is all yours. I can go and get started. Um, so my name's Dylan. I'm a head athletic trainer for the Amarillo Bulls of the North American Hockey League. Um, I just came down here. I worked at Colorado College prior to that in recreation sports. Um, just completed my master's degree from California University of Pennsylvania. Um, and I got my undergrad degree, undergrad at uh, Miami of Ohio. Hey, my name is Em. Um, I work at Lake Erie College in Painesville, Ohio, Division II college setting. I, I got my master's of athletic training from Ohio University where I was a graduate assistant for, in the secondary school setting before this. And then my undergrad degree is from Slippery Rock University in Pennsylvania. All right, so today we're just gonna be talking um, various little topics on LGBTQ. Um, I thought that, did either of the two of you sign up for virtual NATA? Uh, I, did not. I did. Okay. Uh, did you attend the town hall for, for um, the LGBTQ plus AC? I did not attend the town hall. I actually did. I actually was part of a panel talk with a couple members of the uh, LGBTQ AC. So I was involved with that and I'm still kind of catching up on stuff for virtual NATA to be honest of, you know, watching things, but um, but yes, yeah, so that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, they definitely had a phenomenal town hall that I would recommend to everybody. And so did uh, EDAC, the Ethnic Diversity. They had a phenomenal town hall, but they brought up a lot of really good points. Um, and it's just one of the things that a lot of us, this is a topic where a lot of people don't really want to talk about and they don't really want to self-reflect and they don't want to think that, hey, maybe maybe we're not as inclusive as a, and as inviting as we think we are. Would you agree with that statement, kind of? I mean, coming from, from my standpoint of view, um, where for Colorado College, for example, they are um, a more liberal school, per se. So coming from an LGBTQIA plus um, program, or background, I mean, um, and, and going straight into a school that was very, um, very liberal and accepting of, of all individuals, um, that was very comforting, especially as a young professional, to be able to to kind of be myself around not only just my coworkers, but be around, um, be myself around my athletes as well. Um, you know, I had my supervisor um, was a part of the LGBTQ plus QIA plus community, along with with all of my other and um, our equipment manager as well. So we were we were kind of having a group. And, So I didn't really find um, 
I didn't really find myself until at least with regards to gender and sexuality, but I guess really in regards to a lot of stuff until college, like many people were. And I, I didn't, while we did have some members of the LGBTQ community um, that were a part of our athletic training staff, I, that I did look up to, I didn't really get to see a lot of that during the time when I was most questioning. And coming from a background of, you know, I was raised in West Virginia, so I was used to more maybe conservative environments. I really did wonder if I would be able to be open and practice as an athletic trainer. I think the other part of that is that um, for those who don't know me, so uh, I identify as non-binary, which means um, that's a part of the transgender community, which I don't solidly identify as either male or female. Um, I just kind of feel like I float somewhere in the middle. So I, particularly being trans and being non-binary, that was something that I didn't see any other athletic trainers who also held that identity. And so it was really hard for me when I sort of came to realize that, uh, you know, thinking like, is there going to be a place for me, you know, would people want to hire someone like me or, you know, would want to hire me if I was being truly out and genuine and expressing myself the way that I wanted to both, you know, physically and visually and also just vocally. Um, I went to, I actually graduated and when I went to Ohio University, I had kind of this idea in my head that I would actually never be out in my profession or at least I had no expectation of that. Um, I would just kind of, you know, keep my life sort of separated out of like, I would have like my home life and like my family life and like my like friends life, you know, where, where, you know, I had one way of dealing with things there. And then I would have like sort of the separate work life of like not being open, you know, letting people misgender me, like whatever. And, um, I worked in a very rural high school setting during that time. So I did definitely felt like at that particular place, I couldn't be out. Um, I, I did hear like, you know, homophobic and transphobic things said, you know, from, you know, both adults and kids around me quite a bit, not directed at me because they didn't know, but just around me. And so I don't think I would have been able to be out. But then I sort of had a very like quick, like change of, uh, change of mentality on that because when I got towards graduating, uh, the first thing that happened was I started, my master's research actually was on the experiences of transgender athletes in seeking care from ATs. And so I began speaking more publicly about this stuff and it got to the point where it was like, I can't keep talking about this stuff and pretending that I have no personal like connection to any of it. Um, and then the second part of that was when I was looking for a job, I did, I did end up uh, getting hired by Lake Erie College and Lake Erie College is a much more progressive setting. Uh, the, my, the people who hired me actually were at um, NATA in Vegas where I, where I presented my research and came to my talk. And so they heard me talk about that stuff. So I knew that, I knew that they would be safe people. And now I am extremely out at my work and it's been great you know, for the most part, obviously some like learning curves, but sorry, that was a really long answer, but uh, I just, I, I guess I just have kind of a different perspective in that, like I went from like being very closed off and very afraid and seeing kind of more the negative side of this stuff in our profession, um, you know, that does sort of speak to that maybe we could be more inclusive 
and then I've also now see the more positive side of stuff where people are like willing to learn and grow and change. So I think it's just, I think it's a mixed bag at this point, to be honest. Yeah. And that, and that's why I'm so excited that, um, you know, we've been trying to put this together for probably six or eight weeks now and we've just all been really busy, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. Uh, we get to talk about these topics and we get to hopefully help increase awareness and people can reflect and become more inclusive or their environments, they can become more inclusive uh, because we just, you don't know what you don't know. And all of us can think that we're doing a good job when in reality, we're pushing some of people away, uh, some of our athletes away, or we're just not being as open and as welcoming as we should. So how do we start to build a culture uh, at our schools or with our employer where we, we welcome, we're more welcoming and people feel like, yes, uh, I can be who I am and they're going to take care of me. They're going to treat me well and they're going to help me get better. How do we start that process? You know, I, I think, I think a large portion of that is, is, um, goes, falls down to two words and that's just authentic self. You know, if, if you're just, if, if you are who you are, um, and, and you're not trying to, to hide yourself. And, and we're all, at the end of the day, you know, this is going to sound cliche, but all athletic trainers are there for one reason. And that's for the care and safety of our athletes, right? And, and if we're our, our authentic selves and we truly sit down and care about our whole athlete, not just the, not just the orthopedic injured athlete, but the, the athlete whose family may not accept them for who they are um, or who they love. Um, and we're able to sit down and talk with them and offer whatever advice we might have on, on those types of things and just be authentic and, and come from our own experiences, whether you're part of the LGBTQIA plus community or not. Um, I think having that, um, those conversations are, are more meaningful than most people think. They're not, they're not just a conversation. They're, they, they're really there to help who needs, who needs it the most. Yeah, and I think that I definitely really agree with that. I think that definitely coming from this place of seeing seeing our patients, seeing our athletes as a whole person is really important in that. And I think that's important to understand that this stuff, um, that like these factors, even if you may not think of it off the top of your head, when you think about what you do as an athletic trainer, it affects health you know, when someone can or cannot be their authentic self or someone, you know, faces for like particular barriers to maybe not wanting to go to an athletic trainer because they're not sure how welcoming that person is or some, something like that. And that's something that I actually found in my research that I did. So that's something that always pops to my mind. It, it affects the health status of that person. And so I think that we kind of need to, I guess, broaden our concept of what it means to be a healthcare provider in that like, yeah, we care about the injury. We care about, you know, these factors that we know lead to certain injuries that we deal with. But I think we also need to know that, you know, there's a whole lot of topics out there that, that really we have a hand in and that are important in what we do. Now um, I'm going to apologize for my, my ignorance right off the bat, but what is, IA plus. I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I want to make sure I have the right terminology here. Okay. Because I'm familiar with the LGBTQ plus, and I know the NATA is plus AC for advisory committee. Mm -hmm. So it's LGBTQIA plus is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning intersex and asexual individuals. Okay. So that's, is that the proper terminology that we should be using instead of the LGBT plus, or is that kind of a region thing or an individual thing? I, I honestly don't know. Um, that's, okay. you know, okay. for the longest time I used, I used LGBTQ um, or LGBTQ plus. Um, but then um, at Colorado College, it was, it was LGBTQIA plus. I, I've, I've been in Texas for two weeks, so I don't know what it is in Texas yet. Um, but I think that it kind of expands. And I, and I think that's why they add that plus is, is they're trying to incorporate all, all individuals regardless of, of where you fall. Um, my understanding it yeah that's that's my understanding as well like my understanding is it kind of varies um by community and by space and you know that's why i usually will like add the plus on the end if i'm not sure just because you know hopefully that signifies that hey i don't i you know even i as part of this community don't know everything that's out there but you know Awesome. Thanks for clearing that up. Cause I, I didn't want to be using the, the wrong terminology when having to talk and then have people like, what do this do? This dude's so ignorant. You don't even know. So I just, thank you. Um, yeah. now I've seen a lot in the, well, I saw a lot at uh, virtual NATA, but all over Twitter and in emails, a lot of individuals using the, the he, him, um, she, her, they, them, um, can, can you two go into, um, like when that started and what that is and what, what that represents? Yeah, um, if, if you don't mind if I jump in. Um, so that usually is signifying what some what someone's pronouns are. And for someone who just do, like to go from like a 101 level of like, if you don't know what that means, like at all, um, basically, obviously, we know, like in, in language, you have the, the parts of speech that you use for someone else in place of their name or in place of, you know, just saying like, I picked up the glass of water and the glass and in the glass of water, blah, blah, blah. Like we use, like we use words in place of other words in order to shorten our sentences. So um, obviously when we talk about people, usually the pronouns that we're taught to use are gendered. We're taught that, okay, if someone's a guy, then you say he, if someone's a girl, then you say she. Um, for a lot of people that doesn't necessarily encompass who they are or who you assume them to be. So, so the, the practice of sharing your pronouns, you know, like in my Zoom chat right now, you can see that like there's my name, there's M, and then in parentheses I have they, them, because that's my pronouns. Cause I use a sing, since I'm non-binary, I use a singular they, them. So for instance, like, instead of saying like, he went to the store, she went to the store. If you're talking about me, like I just request that you say they went to the store. Um, and that's something that is becoming more prevalent and becoming more like practiced. I don't know exactly when that started to gain recognition. I mean, I mean, trans people and gender variant people have been using pronouns and, you know, trying to make new pronouns and trying to you know, figure out how to navigate this kind of thing for a long time, a lot longer than people think. Um, but in popular, you know, I guess sort of popular awareness, it's definitely become more and more known as a good practice to do like 
as the, you know, obviously with the help of the internet, but also as we have more of these conversations. So I, I don't know if that helped at all, but, um, but I hope that was a good explanation. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know where they came from as well. I identify as he, him, his, um, and, and I definitely see them becoming more and more prevalent. Um, I know that um, a lot of people when they, um, specifically Zoom calls or, or larger meetings when we used to have them, um, would introduce themselves. They, for example, they would say, hi, my name is Dylan Campbell, he, him, his, and then they'd explain whatever, whatever it might be. So it's becoming a little bit more prevalent um, I've had it in my email signature for a little bit while now as well, um, just to have. Um, and me personally um, is whenever I meet somebody that I don't know prior to using um, that's, you know, his pen or, or her pen or whomever, I always, I always go with, with a more, uh, with, with they or them prior to um, either them telling me what, what their pronouns are or, or by, by figuring out calling themselves, you know, whatever they would like to be called as well. And it's just, it's an easy thing to do. Um, and it, and it can really mean a lot to other individuals instead of, you know, just, just assuming. Now, is that, is that perceived as rude or mean if you ask someone what their preferred pronouns are? Not usually not. Um, I would say the only time that that would be would be if you're singling someone out. So like, let's say you're in a group of people and you only ask one person that and it's very clear that that's the one gender nonconforming person in the group. That might be a little weird. But other than that, usually people like who know what that means are just glad that you asked. I know that I'm just glad that you asked because rather than just assuming based on what I look like that day, what I might use. Um, then there's obviously people who, you know, using air quotes here, don't agree with, you know, using the pronouns that someone wants to use. And I mean, for those people, if they're offended by that, then I just, I don't really know what to, what to tell that person anyway. So. Okay. Is, is there any advice um, that either of y'all would like to give people who are consider themselves allies who want to understand the culture more that want to be more correct with the terminology and want to be less, you know, opening and welcoming. Is there any general advice or any little tips or tricks? Uh, cause it, cause from, if you're an outsider looking in, it can be very overwhelming, very taunting, you know, like you're, you're trying to do things right, but you don't have a lot of information. So is there any advice you would give for allies to be better allies? From from starting out, I you, you used one word there that kind of that kind of um, piqued my interest, which was outsider. Um, I, I I don't really think that there are any outsiders um, okay. to to the community, um, especially you know kind of that a you know it can be it can be asexual, but it, it also stands for allies, you know, and just and just kind of if if you're there and, and supportive, um, that's kind of the biggest thing. But ask those questions. Ask the questions, you know, and if I'm, if you come up to somebody and ask the questions in, in a respectful and in a learning manner, and you want to know about the individual, about their experiences, um, and, and you want to get to know them, that's, that's, I think, the best advice that I've got for, for anybody. And it, and it even comes down to, um, you know, I, I might not know everything either. Um, I, and I don't know everything. And I'm still learning and I still ask those questions. So just, just ask the questions and just be opening, open to, 
to learning and, and experiencing life with all of us. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I think just being, being open to learning is a huge step. Um, I think just approaching things respectfully and understanding that, you know, sort of understanding what the limits of your own knowledge are, you know, regardless of your, if you're part of this community or not, you know, I think is, I think it's a huge step. And I think that's something that really, you know, as clinicians, I think we should be taking that perspective about most things, you know, because stuff changes so frequently, you know, and this is, this is the same. Well, we have five minutes left. So I guess my last question is, I know that the NATA at a national level has the LGBTQ plus um, committee. Are there districts with these committees or states with these committees or is that just starting? Is that like a, hey, Indiana, I'm from Indiana, be like, hey, Indiana, do we have this? If not, how do we start it kind of conversation or is it the ball's already rolling? I think it's both. I think that um, I think that it is something that is kind of just starting and that, you know, the ball is starting to get rolling on this stuff. I know that, you know, more more states and more districts are beginning to have those those committees and those groups and to, you know, take on initiatives about this. But I think that I, I think that definitely there's places where it's still needed and places where it's just getting started. So I would encourage anyone who thinks that they have an interest in that to reach out to people in your community, see what's going on already and see what, you know, might need to be filled. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I know that there's not a lot of states um, that have their, their, an LGBTQ plus committee. Um, I, I'm, un, I'm uncertain on the district level um, for sure. But I think, I think as M kind of mentioned is, is it's, it's newer, you know, I say, I say that with quotes is, it's something that people are starting to become more aware of and that they're, that they're starting to, to focus on and do. So I hope that it'll go down to, to districts and state levels as, yeah. as time goes on. Cause I, um, I know that Indiana has a diversity and inclusion committee, but that that's, in my opinion, that is asking a lot from one committee, you know, so. Okay, so I was just curious on that. Well, I appreciate both of you coming on and just getting the conversation started. And um, it means a lot to me because I'm, I'm actively trying, you know, I've reflected and there's just, I, there's a lot I don't know. And I want to provide the best care to my athletes and the people in my profession that I can. So having these discussions and raising awareness is, is amazing. So thank you for both coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday. And I'm sorry, this took almost two months to coordinate. and. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad we couldn't get Jen and Jess in here. But thank you for coming on. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. you guys want to say anything when we close? We got two minutes. No? All right. All right. Well, thank you. Have a great weekend. <laughs> well, rest of the weekend. And if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out to me. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. <laughs>